0: Welcome to This is Sober. I'm Molly Desh, your host and women's sober coach. In this episode, I want to talk about relapse, what it is, my experience with relapse, and what I learned from my relapses. To be specific, relapse is the act of falling back into a prior and typically unhealthy state. So, for anybody that has been sober for two weeks, a month, or six months, it can be classified as taking one sip of alcohol after that time. You can classify it as having several drinks or an entire weekend of binge drinking. could also be a slip-up or backsliding, Whatever, however you want to categorize it. I started my sober journey in September of 2019. I was at a really dark place in my life and I knew that alcohol was literally killing me. I wasn't being a present mom to my kids. I was making horrible decisions in my social life. I was feeling physically ill, you know, hung over literally every day. Armpit sweat, my face was red, my hands were shaky. It was really terrible. I didn't want to live like that anymore. So I decided to get sober and I got sober. I went 365 days plus not having a single drop of alcohol. I felt amazing. It was shortly after I had my one year soberversary that the guy I had been seeing, my boyfriend, I'm going to call him C, C and I decided to take A weekend trip, just the two of us. We decided to go to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, a small town. It's built on essentially the Ozark Hills. So there's tons of trees, hills, winding highways by the Ozark Lakes. It's just, it's gorgeous. There's a very small town in there. um, So lots of quaint, cute little shopping. One evening, we decided to try. We're we're big barbecue fans. Being in Kansas City, I mean, how can you not? And there was a a roadside barbecue place, looked kind of like a biker place. Um, and I'm sitting there outside on the patio. It's late September. It's still warm, and the waitress brings us our menus. And I'm perusing the menu and looking through the drink menu and i was an ipa drinker loved ipas hobby drinks little darker beers and i thought you know what it's been a year i got this i can do this i'm gonna order a beer it's a nice warm day you know it just it just sounds really good so i ordered a beer and c looks at me and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Why? Why? And of course, you know, I'm reassuring him with all my might. I've got this. It's no big deal. I can have a beer. So as the beer comes, I'm giddy. I'm kind of antsy. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to drink this. And I'm kind of excited about it. Um, it's the first beer that I've had in over a year warm day just feels like a really good idea and I drink that beer faster than you know I would drink a glass of water I mean that's that's the way I rolled the first beer was always went down super fast super smooth and so then I ordered another one and that's where I stopped I had two beers And, you know, I didn't let things get out of control. We didn't stop by the liquor store afterwards and pick up more and finish it in our Airbnb. I felt good with two and that's where I was going to stop. And I thought, you know, I can totally control this. I just controlled it. I just had only two beers. Yes, I feel very buzzed because I haven't drank in over a year, but I think I got this. I think I can do this if I want to have a beer or whatever with dinner, I can do that. Nothing came of it. I didn't act out. I didn't get crazy. I didn't keep drinking. I felt really good. The next day, you know, I didn't have a hangover, but I didn't have that refreshing, alive feeling that I had been experiencing for the last year. Yes, I was a little dehydrated. I mean, we all know that alcohol is going to dehydrate you. So that afternoon, we decided to go back to the same barbecue place. And of course, again, I ordered another IPA, and then I ordered another one and really enjoyed it. And from that, I would call that a relapse because I had committed to not drinking alcohol anymore and I essentially broke that promise with myself. Now keep in mind I did not feel guilty about this. I didn't have any regrets. I didn't do anything out of the ordinary but I knew that I had gone an entire year without drinking alcohol and that was it. Like I had to start over and I was pretty disappointed in that fact. But other than that, I didn't really feel guilty about it. So I'm going to say that what I learned from that particular experience was it is so common after you've gone for any given period of time without drinking, whether it's a whole month, six months, a year, you can decide in your head that, you know what, I can have a beer. I can do this. And be careful because it's a slippery slope. Now, I don't want to say that those two days led me to more and more drinking because it didn't. But what it showed me was you could begin to feel like you've got everything under control and nothing is going to stop you. There will be zero repercussions of your actions. You kind of get cocky. You start thinking... Hell, I went a whole year without having a single drink. And then I had two drinks at dinner and didn't do anything. I didn't drive drunk. I didn't scream at sea. I didn't text people, regrettably. You know, all the things that we do when we've been drinking too much. I didn't do any of that. So did I learn anything from that relapse? In retrospect, as of today, yes, of course I did. I learned that we could get cocky. And we can think that, you know what, I got this. I can drink. It's no big deal. I got this under control. But let me tell you, I know a lot of people that have experienced that same exact thought that I experienced, and it has ended them back up to where they began. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is to let you know that after a while, you may start having these thoughts. These thoughts come from your ego part of your brain. You can call it Your judge, if you will. This is the part of you that is so used to doing things one particular way that when you do it a different way, it doesn't know what to do. It's confused, it's upset, it just wants you to get back to who you are because it feels safe. That's who you are. You don't have to consciously make decisions day after day to not drink. So beware of those thoughts as they come up. Ask yourself, Do I really want to have this drink? Do I really want to tempt fate? Is everything that I've worked so hard for in the last few days, weeks, months, years, is it worth it for this one drink? What am I getting out of this drink? What is it going to do for me that a glass of water or a mocktail or juice or a soda is not going to do for me? Once you're able to have those conversations inside your own brain, when that drink menu is set in front of you, you'll get more resilient, more confident, and you'll begin to trust yourself. A few months after our trip to Eureka Springs, C was going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. And this was the first time since him and I had been together that I was going to be alone. and There was a few things that came up for me during his trip. One evening we were having, so he has an iPhone, I have an Android, so we can't FaceTime. So we were using, essentially FaceTiming each other. And so he's in his room and sitting on the couch, watching TV. And in the background, I noticed a case of Bud Light sitting on the counter. And it was really interesting what happened when I saw that case of beer. He wasn't drinking in front of me. Like I couldn't see him on camera drinking. But just seeing that triggered a lot inside of me. It brought up the emotional immaturity that was a huge part of me at that time. Now keep in mind, during the first year and a half of my sobriety, I was working off of pure willpower and willpower is based in fear. So I had this fear that I was killing myself, that I wasn't being a good mom, that I wasn't showing up for my job and my friends and my family the way I needed to. And willpower took me a long ways. It took me over a year. And then after the Eureka Springs trip, several more months went by before Um, this particular incident where C was out of town. And so I hadn't built up any sort of resilience. I hadn't built up any confidence. I wasn't working on myself. I wasn't building a sober toolbox. I was literally just winging it day after day. In AA, they tell you one day at a time. That was pretty much what I was doing. I was just trying to get through another day. So when I saw that case of bud light sitting there on the counter a lot of emotions came up for me loneliness fear of missing out and i was resentful that he got to drink and i didn't so keep in mind c and i's relationship there was no drinking in front of me so i was used to that i was used to Knowing that he was not drinking. Even though in the back of my mind he didn't quit. This was my journey. He didn't quit. So as I see that case of Bud Light sitting there, I get really upset. And um, this is all kind of festering inside me. Like I'm not outwardly expressing the anger. It's just kind of like, oh, I see that. And so I deposited that into my brain as Just kind of a little reminder that you are alone in this. You don't have anybody that's on this journey with you. So after I got off the phone with him, I immediately went to the gas station and bought some alcohol. And over the next two days in the evenings, I drank myself silly. I didn't know how to deal with loneliness. I didn't know how to deal with this fear of missing out. I most certainly didn't know how to deal with being on a journey all by myself. The most important journey of my life. Something that I had put so much thought and effort into. And it came to light that I was on this journey all by myself. Now, keep in mind, at the time, I was not learning any lessons. I didn't wake up the next morning with a hellacious hangover and ask myself, what can I learn from this experience? Looking back now, I realize that I needed to have made the decision for me and me alone. I can't change anyone else's behavior. This is my story and my journey, and I needed to realize that others around me were not wanting what I wanted. I needed to be okay with that. It was like when I saw that case of beer sitting there, I realized that I was alone. Like I didn't have an accountability partner to help me. I thought he was going to be my accountability partner. You know, when you have a gym buddy or a diet buddy, you guys are doing it together. I had created this false preconception that C was going to be my accountability partner. And he wasn't. He was on his own journey, doing his own thing. Now, I needed to be okay with that, but I wasn't. It's almost like I wanted everyone else around me to magically stop drinking, so I didn't feel so alone. Feeling alone for me was scary. It meant I had to rely solely on myself for my choices, that nobody else was going to keep me safe. There's a big lack of trust in myself. I'd never really processed emotions in a healthy way. As far back as I can remember, I was using drugs and alcohol to blur the periods of emotionality. Anytime I felt, I drank. And then realizing I was going to have to figure this out all on my own was really scary. I didn't have anyone to hold my hand through the hardest of emotions. I didn't have the tools that I have now, like meditation, deep breathing, journaling, exercise, or self-reflection. So I realized I was very alone. And I didn't know how to handle those feelings. Looking back, I realize this is my story and my journey. And others around me aren't necessarily wanting what I want. And I need to be okay with that. So there's a few lessons here that I want you to take away from this particular story. You are with you 24-7. You know what goes inside your head. You know your obligations, you know your limits, you know your strengths and your weaknesses. This is all about you, and you have to own your own journey. This isn't about anybody else, whether it's your spouse or your best friend. This is about you. And I see this a lot, whether they're married or in a relationship It's really hard for them to live with a partner or be around somebody that's drinking so much until they own their story, until they realize this journey is their journey and their journey alone, until they get to that realization and they feel deep inside, there's this like burning commitment to sobriety. It makes it really difficult. You can get resentful of the person that gets to drink. You can harbor all sorts of negative feelings towards that person and towards yourself. Why can't I drink? Why do I have to be such a fucking idiot and make all of these terrible decisions when I drink? Why can't I just have like one glass of wine with dinner? Why do I always got to turn it into a bottle and a half and then act like an idiot? So the biggest lesson that I had from this second Episode was owning my journey and trusting myself. I had to trust myself. And that's a hard thing to build up. We all know that trust is easily broken and takes so much longer, so much more effort to build back up. But learning to trust yourself is going to be a key component in your sobriety. The third relapse that I want to share with you, C was going to be going on another trip. And he knew this a few weeks in advance. And I was transitioning from one company to another company. And I had been in corporate America working at this particular company for over 10 years. And one of my friends wanted to have a going away for me. So it was like this premeditated thing that I was working on in my head. I knew C was going to be on a business trip and sure as shit, That was the day that I was going to make sure that this going away thing was going to happen for me. I premeditated the date because I knew I would get away with it. It was like I was toying with the fact, can I drink? Will I drink? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to let, you know, fate be fate. Just throw it up in the air. Had no game plan. I even had somebody pick me up just in case I did drink. I wasn't going to drive home. And I felt, wow, Molly, that's actually pretty smart. Proud of you for doing that. What I should have been thinking was, you know what? I'm good. I don't really need a going away thing. Or maybe we can all just go have lunch one day. But instead, it was going to be a happy hour. And it was going to be at this bar that I had spent many drunk nights at. So the atmosphere was conducive to drinking. The people I was going to be with were all conducive to drinking. I wasn't driving. I was giving myself all these excuses. I was essentially allowing the situation to happen to me. I didn't allow myself to be in control. I didn't have a plan. I didn't feel like I could say no. Basically, I wasn't socially ready. Now, keep in mind, I had spent several times over that summer, C was in a cornhole league and it was at an outside bar. And so I had spent plenty of time watching him play cornhole and being around other people who are drinking. So it wasn't that. It was definitely more about not being watched not being babysat, like I needed a fucking babysitter and none of that was going to be there. So I showed up to this happy hour. I hadn't drank anything beforehand. I walked into the situation completely sober. I walked into the bar and immediately ordered a beer. Didn't even start off with water. I Didn't even try. Didn't even give myself a chance to try the situation and be sober. I just kind of like laid down and took it. And just allowed the situation to take over me. I got really drunk that night. There were shots. There were embarrassing moments. I was being obnoxious. It was not my ideal night. It ended very poorly. I was dropped off. And of course my son, my oldest son, meets me at the door and notices that I'm drunk. So that right away was very shaming, and I was embarrassed about that. So, what's a lesson to learn from this one, Molly? Being socially sober is is really important. If you feel like you're the type of person that needs to be around other people, whether it's going out to dinner, or going to parties or clubs, or brunch or whatever. You know, we're we're human. We all have an innate need to be around other people. But if you're somebody that feels alive and fulfilled, innately satisfied with being in social settings on a frequent basis, you can't just walk into a situation completely sober with no game plan and just expect everything to go perfectly fine. Especially on the first time. The first time you walk into a setting when everyone else is drinking, you're going to think everybody's looking at you. I realized several things with that particular situation. I realized that when I am left alone to my own devices, I need to have a pretty good game plan. For me, that looks like having DIY projects pre-planned, Maybe a good book to read, activities planned with my kids, maybe I'm going to whip up a new recipe that evening, you know, something that fulfills me and challenges me and keeps me busy, even to this day. Boredom is a heavy emotion that can lead to a lot of drinking. It can lead to a lot of thinking about drinking. It can lead to a lot of urges. Boredom can be our worst enemy. I just thought it was funny because I I had premeditated all of this in my head. I had built up this story that nobody was gonna be watching me, nobody was gonna be holding me accountable. I could let go for one night, I could get away with it, no harm, no foul, everything would be fine. And it was awful. I felt like shit. This is like the worst hangover of all hangovers. You know, you go so long without drinking, and you drink several beers and several shots, like, oh my god, talk about dying or wanting to die. There's an extreme importance around reframing sobriety after a relapse. Those first few hours when you wake up in the morning and you're feeling groggy, maybe hungover, full of shame, you're pissed off at yourself because you just threw all those days or weeks on the trash. It's in that moment that you need to be asking yourself, what did I learn from this? What tips and strategies do I need to implement so that shit doesn't happen again? When I talk to my clients after they've had a slip up, the first thing I ask them is, what did you learn from that? Learning from your slip up is so important, and saying out loud is doubly important. So when I ask them what they've learned and they don't have a good answer, I don't let that go because there's got to be some lesson, whether it's, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions or I was left to my own devices and I didn't have accountability. I thought I could do it. I thought I'd been sober for X number of days or months or whatever, and I thought I could handle it. Ask yourself, number one, ask yourself, what did I learn from this situation? Number two, come up with a strategy of how you can prevent that exact scenario in the future. So a lot of times it could be an emotion. Now, keep in mind, these aren't new emotions. These are just new to your sober self emotions. So you may not have felt anger to this degree in your sobriety. You may not have felt betrayal or depression or sadness or fear of missing out or any of those after getting sober. So you have to be gentle with yourself. Give yourself some compassion and come up with a strategy on how you can prevent that in the future. Take, for example, the first situation that I encountered. At the biker restaurant, the barbecue place. I thought, I got this. I can do this. I've been sober over a year. It's no big deal. I can handle it. What would I do to prevent that next time? Well, I just have a conversation with myself and say, It's not an option for you, Molly. You're not going to go into any situation and think that you can just have one drink because you know you can't. Even though you proved it to yourself that day that you might be able to, and look where I got you a few months after that and then another instance a few months after that learn your lesson own your story this is your sober journey if this is what you really want then you've got to be resolved in that you've got to be so hardcore nobody's stepping on these boundaries nobody's taking this away from me this is my life this is my answer to how I want to live. Number three, when you relapse, give yourself compassion. So many people think, well, why would I do that? That's just like giving me an excuse to do it again. I need to be hard on myself. I need to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why would you do that? That doesn't do any good. Honestly, that is your judge coming out and you are just criticizing yourself. You're taking yourself deeper. You're taking yourself lower. You've got to give yourself compassion. We all make mistakes. You know, there's very few people that I know that have chosen to get sober and never relapsed. I'm not going to say it's not a big deal, because of course it's a big deal, but it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to learn more about yourself. Learn about what you're capable of, what you're ready for, what you're not ready for, what you stand for, what you don't stand for. Get clear on who you are. It's through these quote unquote failures that you learn so much more about yourself than you ever could if you were just being perfect. And by perfect, I mean never messing up, never having a slip up, never having a relapse, never taking that first drink. There is a gift in these relapses. Now, I want you to keep in mind that. There are definitely situations in which people relapse and it doesn't end up well, like really, really bad. I am still a strong believer that there is a gift in all of these failures. And you've got to figure out what that gift is. Is it the gift that you get to own your story? Is it a gift that you get to trust yourself? The trust lies completely in you. You don't have to depend on anybody else for your sobriety. You get to do this for you. You get to choose this freedom. You get to do things differently. You get to build new habits. You get to find purpose. You get to overcome setbacks. This is growth, people. The opposite of growth is stagnation. Use these opportunities, these failures, these relapses as a positive turning point in your sobriety. When you relapse, if you relapse, reframe it for your own sobriety. Use the experience to grow and evolve. Own your story. Fear of missing out? Own it. Didn't know how to handle resentment? Own that. Journal about it. Meditate. Go for a run. Get that out, grow. Relapse doesn't have to be such a bad thing. It is an opportunity for you to reframe your sobriety and take ownership of your why. Why did you choose to do this in the first place? And don't tell me it's because you have to. There is a deeper reason behind your sobriety. Relapse does not have to be a painful, harrowing experience. It is a gift. Utilize that gift, ask yourself why, and then reframe your sobriety.